This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Casting Lots. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. Been telling lies, you're not with us, you better step aside. Witnessing the genocide, everything is centralized. The food that we consume and they spraying it all with pesticides. Easily identify the sheep and the snake, the real and the fake. Giving us a reason to pray. I'ma make my own choices. A voice for the voices. They trying to destroy us, avoiding the poison. It's all pointless if you don't have a purpose. If you read the verses, you'll know who we versing. Government can tell you what your worth is. Look deeper than the surface. They don't even want you researching or asking questions. We all being tested. Shh. Shut your mouth, they comply, that's the message. Want you to rest on prescriptions that mess with your head. Got you stressed, it's oppressing expression. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today is Saturday, January 7th, 2023, and this is episode one of Casting Lots, and I'm Punky, or Tiffany. Um, some of you know me as Punky Puster through the Bards Nation, um, and with me, I've got my husband. Some of you have seen him in the chat, Mr. Puster. How's it going, Mr. Puster? I'm full. <laughs> He's full. We went out tonight. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday, so we went out for dinner tonight because Sundays are usually really busy for me. So uh, went and got tacos. Imagine that tacos, <laughs> and it was so good. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Thank you, thank you. Um, so um, before we start off, I just like to open uh, in a quick prayer. If you would just bow your heads. Mm -hmm. uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time tonight to gather uh, once again in your name, Lord. We ask that you just be with us all here tonight, Lord, and just use me uh, as always as a vessel for, for your word, Lord. Just let me get the message out, whatever message that may be tonight, Lord. Um, just give me the courage and the knowledge to, to just convey whatever it is that you need me to convey, Lord. Um, this is your podcast. I'm just the messenger here, Lord, for you. Um, please be with us all tonight and just let us all have open minds and ears and eyes so that we can hear whatever message it is that needs to be heard. Um, in your son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right. Hi, Steve and Catherine. How's everybody doing? This is going to be the, uh, the conspiracy podcast here. And the reason why I was thinking for a long time I wanted to get this show started, I just couldn't think of a name and I couldn't really think of, you know, what it was that I wanted to do. Um, and so God just put it on me, casting lots. And I was like, what's, what's casting lots? So 
um, casting lots is something that, you know, they did in, in the old biblical times. And um, it says a tradition of casting lots is referenced several times in the Bible. It's a variety of objects were used to cast a lot depending on the place and local customs, such as coins, polished sticks, cards, dice, and so on. And today we carry out a form of this ancient custom whenever we throw a dice or flip a coin. Um, the primary reason for performing this act was to just come up with some kind of impartial or unbiased decision on things that were important. And once the lot was the lot was cast, no one could argue that the decision was the result of human intervention, like nepotism, politics, favoritism, and so on. So I think that's kind of where we're at in society. We have to come to some kind of agreement, you know. Um, we just we have to quit allowing the government to separate us. And we need to go back to, uh, you know, the old days. Proverbs 18, 18 says, casting lots causes contentions to cease and keeps the mighty apart. And that's what we need to do. They have so much power over us and we allow them to, to dictate so much and to just, you know, just divide us. And we have to quit doing that. So I'm hoping that we could kind of you know, come to an agreement on things. You know, a lot of people want to say we're conspiracy theorists because we don't think like the herd. And I've never been one to do that. You know, I've always been the outcast, the divergent, the, the free thinker. I've always been that way. And sometimes it got me in trouble in school. Um, but I just kept pushing on because I felt it in my heart that something wasn't right, you know, and uh, we do that every day. There's just so much uh, confusion in this world. And that's Satan. That's how Satan works. He wants to confuse us. He wants to deceive us. And um, we as, as humans, as God's children, we need to come together and we need to um, to some kind of solution. So we need to cast lots, you know, modern day casting lots. Let's talk it out. Let's figure out what we can do to change this. And we need to quit giving those in power all the power that they have to control our lives. So, um, you know, I started my show on Monday and that was kind of like, uh, you know, we had some technical issues and whatnot. And then the show we had on Wednesday, um, Unschooling Scholars, that was fun. That was so much fun. And uh, things went smoothly. And I said, thank you, Lord. Like that was all that this is God's podcast. And again, I'm just the messenger here. And so um, thank you all really for supporting me and, and listening to what I have to say. I have so much to say and I could sit here and talk for hours and I promise I won't do that. <laughs> Stop. Um, but Matt, that's my husband, Mr. Puster. Um, we've been together for 20 something years since we were 17. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but it's been more than 20 years we've been together. Um, so, you know, he and I, we have conversations all the time. Like we will just sit here for hours and we'll just talk. And again, sometimes things get a little heated cause we don't always agree, but we always, when we finish our conversations, we never leave mad. And I think we as a society need to learn to do that again. We need to learn to, um, to have conversations, you know, face to face. I'm not talking social media because I think a lot gets, uh, lost in the translation of of text. And so, um, you know, I could say something and people could say, oh, you know, she's she's just judging me. And you can ask Matt, I don't judge people. You know, I love everybody equally and um, I'm not going to judge you. I'm a sinner and I'll be the first to admit that, you know, we'd all do things that others don't agree with. And we just need to learn to mind our business. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, what somebody else does, you can try to lead them in the right direction, but we're not here to judge. That's Jesus's job. And so um, tonight, I just, we want to kind of, um, we're going to start out, I think, with the whole school system, because that's so important. Um, and so um, 
we're just we're going to talk about our school system here and, and kind of how it got started and you know it just kind of flow into something else i'm sure so um you know if you guys have opinions or you know whatever just put them in the chat and you know we can discuss this and that's what this is all about it's a discussion board a live discussion board for us to um to kind of come to an agreement you know sometimes matt will tell me something that i didn't know or i'll tell him something he didn't know and it's expanding our knowledge and that's what's so important they want to keep us dumb and we just need to keep fighting you know knowledge is power and i believe that so much the the smarter you are the more you know the less likely you are to um fall for their traps so matt you want to uh kind of take it away here or i'm just all coming all right well the public education system um i was looking up i was researching it said uh, the public education system in America really began earnest after the Civil War, when government-funded and controlled schools supplanted the earlier system of private education. And it says, uh, you know, it talks about how, according to the U.S. Department of Education, that 57% of the 12 million school-aged children in America in 1870 were enrolled in public elementary schools, and then 60% um, were enrolled um, school on any given day. And the average school year then was 132 days. Um, and then it eventually got up to 72% with almost 70% attending 150 days. And then by 1989, almost 90% of school-aged children attended public schools and they attended class daily. Um, so, you know, when the government took over our schools, that's kind of, I think, when um, things really started changing. I mean, what do you? Yeah, I mean, if if you look at the model pre, you know, Civil War, it was a, a Lancastrian model, which is you had a schoolmaster, and the schoolmaster would teach the uh, you know the elder children, and the elder children would kind of repeat it to the younger children, and so on. You know, it's a way of learning. Um, and I mean, prior to that, there was no official school structure. Um, there was uh, there was like a an intro to look at like that i think it was the ohio territory and some other northern territories they were looking at um and just kind of established a model um and you know prior to that their 1830-ish uh mark it was a it was an industrial push um or at least a, a labor push well yeah the factory model of education yeah. and that, that really came into fruition like the, the 1900s with, uh, with john rockefeller and, oh and rockefeller nobody knows who that is right <laughs> yeah it seems like they've got their hands in everything that yeah, everything that's destroyed they've got their hands in but he uh after the you know the 18 1870s to almost the post-world war ii was the, the the big push for the you know the industrial worker uh and it was uh you know is really pushed by, uh, by by John Rockefeller. Um, it said the back door of the school led to the front room, front door of the factory. Yep. You know, you're you're training your kids in these schools to just be factory workers, and you know, thanks to Clinton and you know, summer before him, all of our factory jobs were outsourced. So, what are we training our kids for now in school? Uh, you're just, uh, I mean, it's a different way of training factory workers nowadays. It's, but it's, uh, it's, it's, and that's just it. You're not learning, you're training these kids, but what are they training them for? Um, I mean, if you look at common core, it's, it's more, <laughs> Oh, common core. <laughs> it's more, uh, it's more, uh, technology based cause there's a big, huge technology boom and you're, you're feeding the, uh, you know, capitalistic instance. Well, it was steam, you know, it was science, uh, technology, engineering and then mathematics and now they've changed it to stream 
which is science, technology, reading, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And the whole initiative of the STEM uh, was that, you know, during the Soviet uh, advancements, they wanted to be able to counter that because the United States had to be number one. You know, we can't let anybody be better than us. And so it says the STEM education coalition represented at all sectors of the technological workforce, from knowledge workers to educators to scientists, engineers and technicians. We had to be number one. You know, we had just always, you know, like the moon. Did we really go to the moon or did we just say we went to the moon so that we could be number one? Hey, you know, that's, that's up for grabs. I guess how you look at it, there was a there was that's a that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> well, this is why we're going down rabbit holes, uh, you know. I mean, but like to, to kind of fall back to the, the the whole school system thing. I mean, pre pre everything, the the whole purpose of, of the the school was uh, privatized. It was it was not common for individuals to go. And I'm from the south, so whenever schools became a big huge push in 1870s and such it, it took away from the, the family aspect and of, the farming and the farming and because like local farmers were having to sell out to, to big industrial farms right and so the workforce and then the labor force had to shift in that instance it no longer was it at the house now it was at the dispense of whoever owned the land at that point in time and right in order to you know get individuals on board you gave them a structure you know so. Well, yeah, I mean, look at like we were just talking on Everin's show, um, <clears throat> you know, these kids, they don't have that, um, you know, that structure anymore. These kids are literally they're they're sent to school now. They want them to go to preschool which starts as early as three. They're trying to get to your children as early as they can to corrupt them, you know, and they're not allowing these kids to be kids. They're not able to explore and use our natural like you know, all the gifts that God gave us, we're not able to explore them because we're so worried. Like kindergarten, they had to come into kindergarten knowing how to read different sight words. It's like, this kid is five. He should be finger painting and eating glue, <laughs> not reading sight words. And he's not even reading words anymore. It's memorizing. Exactly. And that's not how you read. So it's like they're pushing these kids so hard to, to be machines they're not allowing them to have the creativity and and fun i remember when i was in kindergarten i had full day kindergarten i went to catholic school and um i remember having snack time and art time and playing and yeah eating glue that's what we did right we everybody ate glue not just me right <laughs> just kidding i didn't really eat glue um but you know it's like it's just so sad the way that they're doing this to the children because we're not allowing our kids to um, to just be kids anymore. We're, we're just pushing them to, to be um, something they're not, that they were, were never intended to be. And it all starts with the school system. And that's why, you know, when I first decided to homeschool, you just kind of looked at me like I was nuts. Like, what? Like, no. did you think I was nuts? I mean, for wanting to be home with four kids, I thought you were nuts. I mean... <laughs> Not for other reasons. Not yeah. for other reasons. <laughs> I was just uh, I was concerned for the uh, the kids' sanity and yours, uh, especially if it came to math. That was a uh, oh yeah, math is my downfall, <laughs> and I will be the first to admit that. But that's what we have you for. Uh, um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, earlier you were talking about like you know the, the school door leads to the the factory, and I mean, right. John Rockefeller was very notorious for saying like uh, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. Right? Yeah, don't think for yourself, just do what we tell you. Be submissive, and you know, and that's another thing. Like with homeschooling, these kids, 
they get to, they're not confined to just this little square room or rectangular room, however you want to look at it, for seven hours a day. You know, they're, they're getting to explore, they're getting to think freely. And that's what I want. Even if I don't agree with however they may think of something, the fact is they're thinking for themselves. They're not being forced to think a specific way. And that's where innovators come from. They say that a lot of homeschool kids are, you know, like engineers and technicians and all these other things. They're the creators because they, they're able to think outside of the box and come up with new technology. And, you know, I really believe that the, the school system was created just to sheep you know it's like people talk about slavery all the time we are slaves we we don't see it we're, we're given the perception we've got this you know uh this freedom in the united states and everyone wants to come here but are we really free i mean when you travel to certain third world countries it's a you know it's a different type of uh tyranny I mean, they're free in a certain sense of uh, what mm-hmm. certain individuals long for you know they don't have to confine to mm-hmm. a structure or you know their own individual but in the same sense they you know, they perish in, in some sort. So like Douglas said, we're free slaves. That's exactly it. Yep. We're given the the conception misconception that we are free. We've got this declaration of independence that says we're free from you know rule, but we're under somebody else's rule now. It they just shifted the the ownership and down to a bunch of hands. Like I told you Conley yesterday, like that, that's the misconception is that we were without a dictatorship or some kind of totalitarian um, government. It's, 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 it's programming. That's exactly it's, it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's of the the nature that you know, Congress or at least the House has a has a lot of control, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't have term limits. So well, that's the problem is the term limit. Education. Yes, back oh, to education. Yeah, no squirrel squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> duck duck. Uh, but no, I mean there the the system that we have in place now is a big push towards that. I mean. John Rockefeller uh, established a general education uh, board in 1902, uh, which, uh, you know, pretty much initialized private schools or any kind of, of, of funding um, and really pushed vocationalist uh, curriculum. Um, and, and I mean, $198 million, I think, is what he invested into the system. Rockefeller? Yeah. From 1902 to 1961 or 63, when... The General Education Board was established, but during that time, I mean, the the uh, the precursor of what happened was huge. It was it's, it was a. So it, he was building his his domain, basically. his vision of what he, right. uh, he, he in order to establish a a massive workforce, you needed uh you know something to you know to he needed the slaves to work in his businesses exactly. to make him all the money. Uh, and you know the best way to do that, and he was huge into medicine. Um, I mean. He paid for the, uh, well, I can't think of it as a, uh, a medical portion. Um, it was the uh, Flexner Report, you know, he, he, uh, which caused him to hugely invest into uh, a, a an instance of where like holistic medicine was was considered a secondary option, and then petroleum based uh, medicine was was pushed right. at the forefront. Um, and I mean that Flexner Report is is highly documented and. Uh, a personal advisor was on the board and, you know, talked to him well, personally. Like I, I talk with Catherine all the time. We're talking about our vitamins, you know, and we all know that since Congress was be taking all these vitamins and now they're trying to regulate the vitamins and actually Dick Durbin from Illinois, of all the states in the world. Like I swear God put me in the epicenter of the mess. Right. 
Um, he wants to put into legislation that we're not allowed to buy over-the-counter vitamins anymore because we, the people that have half a brain, well, I guess we have a full brain, but we knew that we had to take vitamins. We had to get out there in the sun. We had to do natural things to better ourselves and we don't need this medicine. And they could not stand that. They could not stand the fact that we were being healthy. You know, all of us crazy unvaxxers, you know, I don't even know that I even had honest. And if I did, it wasn't like what they were telling me it was going to be because I took my vitamins and, you know, we were out like constantly on the trails, walking and out in the sun, letting the kids play. You know, it was like a ghost town, but here we are, the six of us like, Hey, you know, like where's everybody at? So like when you said you were taking your vitamins, that was like a plug at a Hulk Hogan right there. (laughs) Take your vitamins, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hulk. Uh, But no, though, you know, it's like, so they want to regulate everything, the natural things, because it's not making them money. They're losing too much money. And, uh, you know, like, uh, what's his name that Dr. Scott had on his show, uh, Naputi, he was saying that, you know, he's in the middle of of a, uh, a lawsuit with the government, because he told people to take vitamins. Like, what kind of upside down world are we living in when you can't even take vitamins when you tell people to do natural things to be healthy? And and that's not okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's crazy, right? It is. No, freedom of speech is. Uh, we have not, not there apparent. is no there is no freedom of speech, and that's the problem is that um, anytime you say anything that goes against the agenda, and that goes back to our freedom, how free are we really? When we're, I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to mark this, you know, on if I upload this to Apple or something, because I'm talking about COVID and I'm talking about taking vitamins. I'm not a doctor. I'm never claiming to be, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you what I did and what worked and what kept me from getting sick. You know, I didn't wear masks. I never wore masks. That was one of the main reasons I kept the kids home from school was because I said, I'm not going to muzzle my children. I refuse that they're people, not dogs or animals, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts, right? It is. It's, it's crazy. Like, I never thought we would see the day when, you know, you see these little, we've got a four-year-old and um, she is just absolutely like, she's hell on wheels sometimes. But when we go out in public, you know, she's what we call a COVID baby. When we go out in public, she's afraid of like adults. And it's really sad because, you know, a couple years ago, um, she saw everybody masked up. I mean, could you imagine what that must feel like for a little one, like seeing all these people and they have these masks on? Like, it scared me, you know, but for these little people to just see everybody's wearing a mask. And I told my kids, we are not wearing masks. Don't ever let anybody tell you, you need to put one on. You say no. And so they knew, you know, they would go places um, and... (laughs) I would tell them, don't you wear a mask. I do not want you wearing a mask. So they were the oddballs, you know, because everybody else is wearing a mask and they're not. And I said, don't you ever apologize for that. And so, um, you know, now she's getting to be a little bit better, but she still has this this problem. Like even when we go by like my family's house, you know, and I'm like, it's not you guys. She's just a COVID baby. This is what they wanted with this generation. They wanted them to be fear, you know, fearful of, of everything. And I'm trying to teach my kids the complete opposite. So, um, yeah, masks are here today, too. You know, I was just at the grocery store the other day. And a lot of times it's, you know, more elderly people. But sometimes you'll get like these young people. And I'm just thinking, especially the little ones, like you don't know what you're doing to the respiratory systems. And now all of a sudden there's RSV going around. 
and nobody can understand why. There's no correlation. No, no. <laughs> Just like all these people dropping dead on, on you know, these fields, uh, basketball or, or uh, football or soccer or whatever, nobody can understand. Well, I think we all know. We just don't want to talk about it. But I'll be the one to talk about the elephant in the room. I'll ask the question, when are we going to admit that, you know, this didn't start happening until people started getting this damn vax? I'm sorry. That's my righteous singer coming out. And excuse me. <laughs> you were worried about me. Yeah, well, just profanity. don't drop that F-bomb. <laughs> that's, we cannot say that. Uh, uh, but no, really, though, it, it's just so sad because it's like, I don't have to be a rocket scientist. I don't have to be a doctor. I don't have to be, you know, this big mathematician. I don't have to be anything to see what is right in front of me. And it's so hard. Catherine and I, we talk all the time about like, how can people not see what we see? It depends. It's, it's your, your vision on life is what makes you comfortable. I mean, the brain is programmed uh, primarily to choose the uh, option of least resistance. So, well, I mean, Okay, so let, let's take everything into perspective here, right? Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, they roll out this this virus, right? Yeah. And everybody doesn't know what it is. We've got 10 days to flatten the curve. Wear your mask, do this, do that. Well, that didn't work, right? Yeah. And then these people told you, promised you, hey, if you get this vax, you're not going to get sick. You're, you're going to be protected from this killer virus and you're going to be okay. Well, then they got the shot. Well, that one didn't work. Let's give you another one. This one has to be the right one, right? Four shots later, still not working. And Biden himself came out on television and said, oh, if you get this, you're not going to get sick. All right. Well, how many lessons are you going to have to learn before you realize that this is not working, but yet people still keep going back to get more? I just, I, I put him in the, uh, the nutcase basket of the 1950-ish brain, like, that uh, communication is very is very rudimentary at that point in time, and it's not as expanded as it is now. So, like he doesn't understand. There's a camera watching him all the time and all the things he says. But do you think that's really how he is, or do you think he's acting? I don't know. It, it's, at that point in time, it, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just the, the fact right. that the, the action is taking place. Uh, you know, if it's a, and the fact that people are listening yeah. to it. You know, or like cheering this, it on. I mean, anybody else. Uh, They'd be screaming to throw them in the, uh, you know, rest home or, you know, get them off or put them in hospice, uh, whatever the case may be. But it's here. It's, it's, you know, it's all right if you're a little bit off and you're leading a country. No, but it's not like you're supposedly leading this free country. And like we were talking about yesterday, you know, I don't think the president really does anything. I think he's just the face of the nation. That's I mean, look at what ship. happened with, with Trump. They Nobody worked with him and things still got done, whether he agreed with it or not. It's the people, you know, the House and the Senate, they're the ones with the power. What was that guy? 50 years, you yeah. said? Oh, 51 years for West Virginia. West Virginia. He's yeah, a Democrat, Democrat in West Virginia. Yeah. And he's been in... 51 years consecutive. Consecutive, 51 years. Like, why don't we have... Term limits. Term limits. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how is this... Well, that would break the whole internal system at that point in time. But you, yet the, the president has a term limit. But with the president, there isn't a lot of, a lot of power. So I'm saying, I don't, I was going to say the president doesn't have the power. It's the, the people that we supposedly elect. And we saw with this past election, it doesn't matter what we, what we vote because our votes aren't counted. And again, mm -hmm. that's another, Oh, it's a conspiracy, you know? Um, but really, is it a conspiracy? No, at that point in time, it's they, they treat it like hearsay, but it's. I mean, there's so much proof, and and for me, like 
Scott would always say, you know, there's really no point in voting because our votes don't count. And so we went out there and we did it anyways. And, you know, we knew with the 2020 election that uh, that was stolen. And I don't care what anybody says. You can fight me on that. We can talk. We'll cast lots of that. But um, it was just, you know, final nail in the coffin this past election when we saw it did not matter, you know. And so we just had to have that reassurance that, yep, our votes are not counting. They're doing what they want and, and they're not stoppable. So what do we as a nation, what do we do? How do we fix this? Well, you'd have to break the whole system. I mean, because at that point in time, you'd have to put term limits in on the House and the, the Senate. And then uh, it'd take a little bit of time to flush it out to actually. Uh, oh, I think get them out. we have to like Babylon, you know, burn it right. all down. It has to all come tumbling down. I think the whole thing. And you're like, I was talking before about, you know, like, why do we have a two party system? Now, hear me out on this. Okay. Because for me, it's not black and white. And I feel like when you have the two party system, you make it black or white and that's it. You know, so we talk about, you know, there's different things. Okay. So let's just use abortion as, as an example. Okay. You vote either yes or no. So what if you're a Democrat and you know, you don't believe in, in abortions, right? Um, but you believe in other things along your party lines. They're forcing you to vote against your beliefs and your will. So what if we selected 300 people and say, here, you're all in charge. We're going to vote you in and you vote yes or no. Like, why is that so hard? Like, why are people forced to vote along, you know, their party lines? That's not right. I can give you a million four answers, but the, the one that matters the most is that it keeps people divided. Well, it's that's just simplest, it. That, that is my point. If you have a, a, a one large group uh, that has a lot of similarities and they're able to find common ground, it's a it's a mass and it's a beast to deal with. Uh, but when you have a party that plays to the hand of lobbyists and, and, and continuously does it day in and day out and shuffles the cards around and people get the uh, false interpretation that, you know, they're going to throw a bunch of FOIAs at a government institute that's going to, you know, be on their best behavior and give you the, all the information. That's, uh, well, here we have VGZ. I'm not sure who this is, um, but they said, I had the worst reaction to the VEX. I had extreme itching all over my body for 10 weeks straight. My dermatologist told me out of her own mouth not to get a booster because it was so bad. I never wanted to get the shot, but when the Delta variant came out, they made it sound so bad, and I didn't want to get the kids sick. But I regret my choice. The dermatologist had me on the highest dose of steroids and antihistamine creams. And that's so sad. Like, truly, my heart breaks because these are good people who were lied to, and they were conned into getting this because they thought that they were doing the right thing. And, like, that's just it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not mad at these people like my heart truly breaks for them because you know me like I love everybody Mm -hmm. I was trying so hard to come out and tell people like please don't get this please please don't do this like something deep inside of me and I I really truly believe it it was God talking to me telling me don't get this shot because it's not good I trusted in him you know and I know people who got the shot and I just I pray for them all the time because I don't know what's going to happen I pray that you know they see God on the situation that they talk to him and they, they, you know, just seek that repentance with him and ask him to heal them because how can we trust this government to do what's right for us when they, they lie to us about everything, you know, injecting some things. And even the man who the MRNA, I forget his name. Um, 
he even said, don't get this. You know, I, I looked it up. There was a, uh, a study and it showed that, so they tested it in mice, right? And um, they said that the initial shot did not kill the mice. But when the mice were reintroduced to the virus, that's when they all died. Every single mouse, every subject died during this experiment. And so, uh, again, I, uh, I don't remember his name, uh, but he came out and he said, do not get this. Do not get this. It's going to, you know, it's going to be bad. And, you know, you were in the military, right? And so you were injected with what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. Oh, it's Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Yeah, it's... Uh... So when you were in the military, like, what did they inject you with? Oh, everything. I mean, you. everybody knows whenever you go through the uh, the service, you get the uh, the uh, the multitude of jabs. The uh, left sleeve rolled up, the right sleeve rolled up, and the uh, the left ass cheek hanging out. Oh, goodness so, gracious. Yeah, I've, been, I've been calm and tame since then. Um, did you have any, like, reactions to any of them? No. I probably had, like, out of everything, I didn't get sick with email. Well, yeah, the whole duration, yeah. like even like I didn't get a cold, not nothing from like 2008 ish, uh, like till 2015. So I uh, remember you were getting ready for deployment. You were getting ready to go to Iraq and I was pregnant with Caden. Oh. And remember, they had to give you that smallpox. Yeah, yeah, and that could be around you. No, no, because <laughs> I was pregnant. So what does that tell you? I mean, obviously, you're injecting somebody, and that was the whole purpose of, of you know, uh, vaccine was you get a live virus, and your body learns how to fight oh, that anthrax off. Anthrax is a wonderful one. Oh, goodness, anthrax. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was fun overseas um, with that festering all over my arm. You still have those little indents yeah. in your arm. That's so gross, you know? And, and that's the thing. It's like, I guess it kind of goes the same way with food. We're putting all this stuff like this bioengineered. You can go to the grocery store and you look at the labels on everything. And you're going to see that um, everything is bioengineered now. You know, I mean, <laughs> from cake mix. Remember, Catherine, we had had that talk. We were looking at the back of cake frosting. And we're like, what in the world is this, this bioengineered stuff, you know? And um, it doesn't really give you, it doesn't tell you what is bioengineered. And I'm sure a lot of it is the soy and the, the corn based stuff, you know, but um, I just, I, I don't know. Like, how do we, like, how do we go about this world? Like trusting it. I mean, obviously the Bible tells you trust no man, you know, we yeah. can't trust anything because it's um, hey, like Douglas said, it was, a, it was a whole world clinical trial. And if you tie that back into like uh, we were t we were talking about the how the school system kind of reprogrammed everybody to be a factory worker, mm -hmm. and now the workforce is changing now to be more geared towards technology. You can view the items that occurred during COVID to be a reprogramming instance where individuals got used to communicating at a far. It was like a break, uh, you know, in the uh, in the chain. Last piece being government workers working remotely because that was unheard of, at least in every government organization yeah. I worked, worked from. And then you had an instance where it made it plausible, like something snapped overnight, and they could they can keep accountability of people at their houses. And right. and then you set a presentation within the or you know that false uh, sense of urgency with these individuals, like if you're not at your phone or you're not at your computer, as they used to tell people, then the big bad brother can see you and then you're going to be getting slapped so now like they don't even have to 
worry about like the, you know, the office space at that point. Well, yeah. And look at this. So everybody's on these Zoom meetings, right? And everybody's got their camera on. And even if you don't have your camera on, I'm sure they can still like break in there and see you. They're they're literally watching everything. And that's why I never wanted an Alexa. I didn't want any of that stuff because they are always listening. We were in the car tonight and we're driving home. And we're listening to the radio and we're having a conversation, Matt and me, and we're just sitting there. And all of a sudden my, my phone, it, it was the, Hey Google. And it's listening now. See, it's Stop. like, what do you got to say? Hey Fred. Um, that's my FBI agent, by the way, he listens to everything Fred. Um, but no, it just, it just picked up nothing. And it, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes I think there's glitches and they listen in on everything. So you know what? Yes. You know, everything about me congratulations, I've got nothing to hide. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, I need to be afraid of the government, you know, but yes, we've learned now, like for me, when I was going to school, I did everything virtual, I did everything online, I did my meetings, and you know, everything was online, just because it was easier for me. But um, it's just like, we're transitioning to, and I think COVID had a big part to do with that. Like, Keep your six feet from people. That way you don't spread the germs and you don't build up your immune system, right? Because these kids' immune systems are wrecked now because they've been separated for so long and they were wearing these masks and breathing all this crap in. And then um, you teach them to be afraid. You know, why did they shut down the churches during COVID, but yet they left you, they allowed you to go on airplanes and you could sit right next to somebody. Like when you're at church, you can at least skip a pew or, you know, however you want to do it. But you're going to you can sit next to somebody on an airplane. That's OK. Like you're literally you know how it is like elbow to elbow. Right. Yeah. But you can't do that in church. Why not? Controlling mindsets. Yeah. 501c3. Yeah. Well, our church is not. Our church yeah. is not. And I thank Jesus every day. I prayed for this church for a long time. And, you know, we found our church and they talk about things that um, they couldn't if they were 5013c. So thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to find the church that we did. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it's just like going back to the school system. So they're training these little people, you know, to be something that they were never intended to be. And like we were saying on Everin's show earlier. So you got your kids starting as early as three years old, right? And then they go all the way to 18 years old. And in those years, you think about it. So mom and dad are both working, right? So the school is raising your children. They're teaching them everything that they know. And then a lot of times, like when I worked at Kindercare, these people would pick their, they would drop their kids off as soon as it opened at six o'clock in the morning. And then they'd pick them up at six o'clock at night. So that is literally 12 hours a day that they are in our care, right? They're trusting us with their children. And then they go home and they probably eat dinner because we didn't serve dinner. And then they would go home, eat dinner and probably get a bath and go to bed. So how much interaction are these people having? So these school systems were designed to raise our children. And I remember there was a meme. um, It was right after, uh, what was it? Christmas break. And and it said, or no, it was summer. It was during summer. It's when school first started. It said, thanks for watching our kids for the past three months. We'll take them back now. And, you know, people are like, oh, that's so funny. But think about that. They think that these children, our children, are theirs to raise and, and to manipulate and to uh, mold into what they want or need them to be. Yeah. I mean, well, that's typically, a, even if it was not like a, an evil connotation from them, right. It's still maybe a playful, uh, like ethos that, you know, teachers may have when they go in, you know, these are, you're, you're the responsible adults who you're going to, you know, say way the, 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 you know, the children into the future. Mm-hmm. One of those things, even if that, that I could see, you know, 
Well, think of like the Chicago public school district. I grew up in Chicago and my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you go to Chicago for the food and you leave in a Hearst. Anyways. Um, so, so the Chicago public school district, when I was young, 20 something, 30 something years ago, how old am I? Thirty-seven. Exactly. So, when we lived there, Chicago was still a pretty good area. You know, uh, I didn't ever feel unsafe where I lived. Um, but I do remember at one point uh, there was a drive-by in my alley and that's mom and dad put the house up for sale. So um, anyways, so the, the public school system, even during that time, was not the best. It was just there was a lot of misguidance there. And I think it's just gotten worse over the years. And um, so... My mom and dad sent us to a Catholic school. And I can tell you, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through sixth grade. And then from sixth grade, we moved from the city. And then I started seventh grade at a public school. And um, the education system is just so different in a private school compared to a public school. So I had the best of both worlds. Um, even though I, had a, I went to a really good uh, public school, it was just not the same kind of teaching that I was taught, obviously, in my Catholic school, because a lot of our stuff was based around God, around Jesus. Um, and you obviously don't get that in public schools. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, children's learning. And um, and also these public schools now in Chicago are just horrible. You know, these teachers, they don't have the resources they need. They don't, um, they're exhausted, you know, and these kids, it's so sad because a lot of them grow up in a single parent home or foster homes. And that plays a lot on, on who they are, you know, and, and how they act in school. And so the teachers are only able to do so much. And, you know, it, it's just a failing system. It's not working. So during COVID, um, they had said that, you know, the, the minority population of homeschool kids had gone up a lot. And these minority families were starting to teach their children at home. And I think that is what the government fears the most is because, you know, we had talked about like, you know, Black Wall Street and how during the 20s, you know, yeah, that you had the nuclear family, um, you know, the, the, the mom and the dad and they raised their kids together. And then, you know, the alphabet agencies came in and they burned the whole thing down. And it's really, really sad because, you know, it's like, these people are trying so hard. They're trying to to make something of themselves and they're constantly being held down by the system. And then the, the system wants to blame, you know, the other people for all the problems. And again, it, it's more division. And it's like, I want the best for everybody. I love everybody unconditionally because that's what Jesus told me to do. And, you know, I just, it hurts my heart to think that, you know, there's these children out here. And I told you when I worked at kinder care, I had that little boy, Devin. I loved him with all of my heart. And if I would have been in the right state of mind and in place and all that at that time, I would have adopted him because he was part of the system, the foster system. Yeah. And I think about him to this day and I just wonder like where he's at and, and how he's doing. And, you know, um, that's another thing, our foster system, the, 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 it's all messed up. We just, we need to completely, this whole Babylon just needs to come tumbling down. Like, just, just get the flamethrower. Let's go. Let's get, come on, Douglas, get on this. I need my flamethrower. <laughs> Don't give it to her. Do not give it to her. She'll burn the house down. Yeah, it just, so I don't know. Like, there has to be some kind of answer to this. And I think it all truly starts at home. The way that we raise our children and the way that we love our children and raise them up through God, I think, you know, th they said, 
when they took God out of schools, that's when everything started happening. And I believe that without a doubt. Christianity was removed to, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a flavor at the time. Uh, it's, it's a perception that people don't want to talk about, but it was, it was the, uh, the, I don't say fad. That's a horrible thing thing to say about religion, but at the time, it was the you know the way that life was conducted. You went to the church. I mean, even your grandfather was saying, you know, nobody goes to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was what was in at the time, and you know, precursor up to the you know sixties, seventies, eighties, and everybody's arguing, and the system's losing control at that point in time. And all right, you got to conform to whatever's going on in the ways of the world at that. So you adjust the system, you become, uh, you know, you remove the perils of which, uh, the, you know, the arguing sides are doing. Yeah, you know, They're arguing about religion at that point in time, you yank it out of school and you just. Well, because you're trying to, so you're trying to make the 1% happy. Yeah. Why don't we, you know, I remember when I went to a public school, we had a girl, she was from, I think Iraq or Pakistan, maybe. Um, but she had to pray five days a day or five times a day, you know, she was Muslim. And so they gave her a little place in school for her to, you know, a quiet room and she put her prayer mat down and she prayed and and she did what she had to do. And I think we are doing the complete opposite now. Like we are not allowing those who wish to practice their religion, the opportunity to do that. Instead, we're just taking it away for everybody because you know, I mean, obviously you can't make all the people happy all the time. I get no. that. But you just don't participate. Just like if you see something on the Internet that you don't agree with, well, you scroll past it. You know, you don't have to comment Maybe on it. Maybe you do, but the rest of the United States and uh, foreseeable asses that are that take up the Internet, they contact your employers or uh, they try to get you fired or, you know, they dox you. All well, kinds of stuff they do now. Well, and that's just it. We're so, like, there's so many bullies out there. And it's like the people who, who scream the loudest about being accepted and, and their beliefs in this and that are the ones that always want to squash everybody else's beliefs because they don't align with theirs. <laughs> and that's like the whole structure of America. That's where we're headed. Yeah. You know, they want to take away, you know, the United States, you know, is a very small country if you, or a very young country. If you think about it, yeah. we don't have any um, traditions. We don't have anything like that. It's like they've taken everything away. We're just the bare minimum and nobody can celebrate anything and nobody can be happy. And everybody just has to abide by the Rockefeller's rules. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much where we're at, you know? <laughs> I mean, really. Well, that's, a good, that's a good push right there. Um, so how do we make this better? That's what we have to, you know, we have to come. I want to have people on the show. I want them to come and I want to interview people and, you know, people who have opposing views. I want them to come on. I want to talk to you. I think communication is our biggest the art, the lost art. Well, it is. And that's why everybody's texting. I hate texting. You know, mm-hmm. call me. Let's have a conversation. You know, like, don't just send me a message on Facebook. Like, let's talk. You know, I've got a lot to say. And, and again, I think so much gets misconstrued when you're you're typing because you don't have emotions you don't you don't have um you don't really get you can't convey your whole message you can't you know like it might look like because i'll type in caps sometimes like ah, you know and people are thinking i'm screaming and i'm not screaming i'm just i don't know maybe i had caps on accent you know whatever i think it was uh patrice o'neill uh before he died he was like i don't want to I don't want to get divorced or anything because I can't date today. My fingers are too fat to be typing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, really, though, like, let's get back to talking. You know, th- this is what I when I think of casting lots, that's what I'm talking about. Let's come to an agreement. You and I can agree or disagree on something. And that's OK. You know, like, again, 
somebody might do something like maybe, you know, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm not going to do what the system says I'm doing because that's not who I am. Like I can just agree. You want to paint your house pink? Hey, that's your choice. I don't think it looks pretty, but that's, that's my opinion. And I'm allowed that. And, and they don't want us to have those opinions. That's when it, you know, it comes to the, the free thinking. I don't want thinkers. I want, what did he say? I don't want a nation of, uh, thinkers. I want a nation of workers. Right. Workers. Exactly. That's just it. Just like sheep, like cattle. We can't have anybody who can think freely for themselves because that's when we break free from the system. You know, when we can work together, you know, when we can find a common ground, that's when things get fixed. That's when we figure out, okay, we have this problem. How do we make it better? Obviously, you're not going to make all the people happy all the time. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, not everybody has to be happy, but you just, we have to have a commonality somewhere, yeah. you know? And well, you just kind of, I mean, people just have to get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable, right? Well, and that's just it. Whenever yes. you look at like the, 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 the lifestyle we have nowadays, uh, for a lot of people in the United States, even the, the people that are homeless on the street, you know, it, they have it a lot better than, than a lot of other places. And I don't think they, uh, rudimentarily understand like, Hey, this is a, this is a, this is a good thing. And a lot of people just want to moan and bitch about everything. That's the truth. Don't hit me. You just judge me. I'm not judging you. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, uh, they they have no preconception of, of hardships for the most part, you know, and. Uh, well, look at you. You grew up like tell us about you, how you grew up. I grew up in the South. Right. Poor. Poor. Yes. So, you know, but uh, uh, it gives you a different perspective of life. Right? And now you're you've got a good job. You've got an education. You know, <laughs> you beat that system. It's you know, a ugly system to get out of, but it's. Uh, but you did it because you had people who loved you and cared for you. Yeah. You were raised, you know, it, like. But your see, granny. that's the thing. I had people that loved and cared for me, but it's your product of your environment right. or your an ability to transition to another location that has more opportunities. Well, yeah. You know, some people are just lackluster in the uh, what they want to do for opportunities, and other people just can't get there. Don't well, the funds or but that well, it's not even necessarily the funds because when you and I first started dating and we started living together, we didn't have any money. You know, we we lived very, we lived the best that we could. You know, True, and but and we in the both same worked hard. Since the opportunities that we had here, based off the location. Well, are you talking like compared to Iraq? Or? No, just compared to back home. I mean, I, back home, I'd either be working in a restaurant or uh, in chicken farm. Yeah, but the cost of living is also a lot cheaper there than it is here. A lot cheaper, but there's no growth outside of that at that point in time. And well, you said that you always knew that you were probably going to join the military yeah, because you got was that Fort Bragg and yeah, you uh, got Fort Camp Bragg, Lejeune. Camp Lejeune. You can go be a Marine, right. Cherry Point, all those wonderful places. So, but that's just it. It's like you broke free from that system, from that matrix, right? Yeah. You went and you did something for yourself. Nobody gave you anything. I mean, your grandma helped. A lot when, you know, when, right. right when she could. And she was always, you know, she, I'm sure she's looking down on you right now. And she's so proud of you because, you know, you, when I first met you, you know, you were a boy mm -hmm. and now you're like this big, like Hulk man, Hulk, you know, <laughs> like really, you know, you've grown so much. And, you know, I always told you that you 
are destined for greatness. And I believe that with everybody, I think we're all destined for greatness. It's just, it's that confidence and it's having that support system. And that's why I think it's so important that we truly, we take our children back from the system. Just to kind of recap back to like the whole conspiracy thing about like, how do you undo the system? How do you undo the system? I mean, if you look at the, the premise of it in the 1900s, the, their roots into just even the health industry, the way that his his investments shaped the whole medical industry into what it is today. And then we stop. We stop but, getting their vaccines. And you stop getting their vaccines, but the practice of medicine has been is very, very pushed. And then like you'd have to outlast a mindset, an ideology at that point in time, because if you wanted to even do comparable stuff uh, like holistic medicine, that's an actual viable. And source, it is. Uh, I mean, you have the option today, but it's not it's not on the same level. Well, no, because it's not being pushed by the people with the money. If we stop giving them our money and we start taking control of our own, you know, like Jen, Jen, wellness, Jen, she, you know, her and and Jenny, they both um, they're always pushing this holistic way. And, And in the Bible, it tells you like the whole thing with the wine, you know, use drink the wine to heal the stomach. You know, and it doesn't mean to get drunk off of it. It means we use these things that we have around us, these natural remedies, you know, to um, to heal ourselves. Yeah. But I mean, but like, if you if you look at it from a whole perspective, right, you have a uh, we'll just pick on the health industry. You have a health industry that's highly infused with, you know, John Rockefeller's teachings and his principles of why he wanted the petroleum based. And that's eloped into what it is now. And then you have this huge, well, you know, big farm. And all these other different places. And and on top of that, you have lobbyists. So it's like a complete circle, right? Yeah, all about the lobbyists. They're pushing for all of these things. And they, I mean. And you could have lobbyists that go into, uh, you know, these Congress members that have been sitting on the seat for 50, 38. 51 years. 51 years, 38 years. You're not going to get change. Even if you put in a, uh, if you take, remove one component the other components are still there. And they put somebody worse in, in their place. Just yeah. like with, uh, what's his name here in Chicago? What's his name? Oh, uh, You know who I'm talking about? Comed. What's his name? Oh, uh, um, Madigan. Madigan, yeah. yes. And, you know, the lobbyists that he had and, and the, the influence that this man had on this entire state because Chicago dictates everything for the rest of the state here. Yeah. If it wasn't for Chicago, we would be a red state. We would be good. You know, we've got fertile farmland and we've got a lot of natural resources here. And Illinois, like Chicago itself, is a beautiful place. But just the state of Illinois, you know, like like we've got Starved Rock. That's a beautiful place, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the kids there. And, you know, but they, they again, they're in control of all of that. They made it like a national park. Like, who are you? Uh, Kelly says hi, Matt. I, Who are these these people to tell us that we're not allowed to go to these areas? Like they shut down. Remember during COVID, yeah. they shut down uh, Starved Rock because they didn't want people going out. Like, who do they think they are to to just take over our land and be like, nope, can't do it. We own this now. You know, we have to fight back. And I really believe that it starts at home with our children when we can help. Like we talked about the day, like like I, I said, the, the the thought process is like right now we're, we're stuck on a, uh, you know, a generation by generation instance, right? Mm-hmm. We don't fight. We don't have a long-term plan. They've had a long-term plan for a long time. Oh, that's been in the works right? for, so I'm like sure, hundreds taken, of years. You've taken little by little mm-hmm. over the whole creation until you've gotten to what you are now. 
And if it keeps going 100 years from now, it'll be a completely different game. Because We're going to be transhumans. Be whatever Elon Musk be chip, we're going to get that put in, and they're going to dictate Even what we can. Even if you don't get the chip at, chip at that point in time, or it'll be a, a change in in another instance. It'll yes, be, we have God. That's right. That's yeah. absolutely right. We do. We have God, and you know, we. Um, some people are like, "Oh, well, God's not going to save us. Why would God do this to us?" Blah blah blah. They they always want to blame God for when something bad happens, but they never give Him the glory for when something good happens. And I think it's the complete opposite. Like, why are these children having cancer at three years old? Well, did you vax them? Did you put poison in them? I don't know. Like, it, that's not God's fault. God didn't why do that you to your child. Him? Why don't you just take it upon yourself? You know, right from wrong. Exactly. Why don't you ask the questions of? Of, right. Of right. Why you're putting stuff in your child's body. Right. Or, and I'll be, you know, I admit I got my kids vaxxed. I didn't know then what I know now. And I have to undo that. And, you know, my kids knew early on that they were going to push this vaccine and they were not going to be part of that trial system. And no COVID for them. No. And, you know, it's, it's just. They never got COVID, but people are like, well, it's because they didn't go to school. Well, no, but they also took vitamins and we went out every day and we got the vitamin, you know, D. I mean, it was nice. I'm not going to lie when there was not a, not a, oh, I was getting ready to drop though. Don't yeah. you do there it. Was not, there was not a soul in sight. It was a wonderful thing. I didn't like that. It felt like, I, like the rapture came like that when I was driving down the road. One time I'm like, did the rapture happen? And they didn't take me like did I not get to go, you know, but it was just, it was so strange. Like that's not what God intended for us, you know? And I don't believe that for one second. And that's okay. And I just, I really think that, um, things are going to get a lot worse. I really do. And I think so many more of us are going to, um, push into God. Like we are going to have to, just like what this happened with Damar Hamlin, you know, he's, he's on the field and he has this heart attack and you had people out there praying, you know, you had newscasters saying, you know, we thank God. And it, it says, you know, every knee shall bow. And I'm seeing it more and more and more and more people are coming to church and more and more people are starting home churches and Bible studies. And, you know, I'm so grateful for Steve and Catherine because I didn't grow up knowing the Bible, even though I went to Catholic school, I never knew the Bible. And Steve has has taught me so much. And that is something that you 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 can't put a price on that, you know, Um, getting to know the Bible, getting to know God, getting to know Jesus. I have a good relationship now with God, the father and with Jesus, you know, and sometimes like something will happen. I'll just be thinking something or say something out loud. And then a couple hours later, something happens like God answers my question. And I'll just sit there and laugh like, okay, God, like, thank you. You know, just having that conversation with him is something that I didn't always have. And you can call me crazy. You can say whatever you want about me. But let me tell you something. I would much rather take my chances on talking to God and Jesus than not. Because I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. But at least in my heart, I know that what I tried to do was good. And I tried to bring people to him. And I, I tried to change this world for the better, you know. And I think that's really what God wants from us is just is to trust in him, to talk to him, have that relationship with him. And I think we need to start raising our children in a household like that, which is what we are doing. So, um, you know, if, if we can start changing our children, we can start shaping the future. Then when they're no longer in control of our kids and what they're learning and what they're doing, um, they they can't create these little machines that they want. And, you know, we take the power back through our children. This is how we do it.
your new motto should be love Jesus, eat tacos. <laughs> no, all I need is Jesus and tacos. That's it. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're already at 11. That went by fast. See, you and I, we, we can talk. We conspiracies, though. No, we, but we, we are going we to, though. about factual. Well, and like I, Rockefeller. Well, that's but that's there. all conspiracy to it's some conspiracy. people. Conspiracy. You know? It's like, it's a, it's a lack. Like, we talked about the, the Bellamy salute. Yeah. How nobody knew We'll have about. to talk about that next time. The Bellamy salute. That's a good one. Like, I don't need, if you don't know what the Bellamy salute is, I suggest you look that up. He showed me this and I'm like, what is this? You know? Um, but there's so much out there. And I was watching America's Funniest Home Videos the other night with the kids. Yeah. And the host, I don't even know his name. He had his hand in his jacket pocket like the Masons do. And I'm like, it's everywhere. Like, once your eyes are opened, you see things everywhere. And it just, it all starts to make sense. So, um, anyways, I'm just going to close this in a quick prayer. And um, I don't know what I'm doing with my next show. I don't know if it's going to be, if I'm going to keep doing one or Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think I'm going to just do Unschooling Scholars and then this one. Um, so I don't know, but I'll keep everybody updated. And I thank you all for joining me tonight, joining Matt. Um, it's It's been, this is what we need. We need to talk. We need to get this stuff out. We need to discuss things. We need to educate and we need to inform. And this is how we change things. And they can try to silence me. I don't care, Fred, if you're listening, my FBI agent. You Maybe you can learn a thing or two Ooh, from us. Um, but yes. So, and Evren, that was so great to be on your show. Thanks for having me on tonight. And hopefully we could do more shows together, collab on things. And, and um, you know, just really let's start changing. You know, we, we can't change the whole world, but we can change our world. We can change our little people, we can change what happens in our household. And so I think that truly is where we start. So um, anyways, let me get going on prayer so we can let everybody go to bed. we got church in the morning too. Yeah. <clears throat> if you could just please bow your heads. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time once again to, to gather in your name. Um, we see with the coming days that things are just going to continuously get harder um, and darker. And we ask that you just continue being with us, Lord. Um, just guide us on the path that we need to be, Lord. Let us raise our children upright. Let us try to change this, this ugly into something beautiful, something that you had always intended for it to be, Lord. Um, we ask that you just change the hearts and the minds of those who haven't found you yet, Lord. We pray that they they do find you, that they can feel your love and your grace as so many of us here have, Lord. I know many struggle uh, daily with with just everything going on around us, and it's sometimes really hard to to just the fact that you sent your son here to die for us, and, and we just have to accept that and, and ask for your forgiveness, Lord. Um, please let everything we do be focused around you, Lord. Let us come back to our, our roots where you had always intended it to be, Lord. We ask that you you heal those that are sick and, and who are struggling right now, Lord. Just give them the 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 knowledge and, and the courage to to take that step forward, Lord. And I know that this this whole show tonight was meant for somebody, for somebody to hear. Uh, maybe it, it you know they're struggling with something that we talked about, or you know I don't know, Lord. But this this is your show, and I'm just I'm doing what you've asked me to do, Lord. So please just be with all of us here tonight. Keep us safe and protect us from, from all that surrounds us, Lord. Um, and in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
<laughs> well, thank you all again so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, I could sit here and talk for another 15 hours, but uh, I got to go to church. So, I got to open this door. It's hot down it, here. It is. It is very lot, hot. Lot, I do here. talk. Excuse me. You're not coming on next week. You are not allowed. No. Um, anyways, good night, everybody. God bless you. And once again, thank you so much for, for joining us. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. Those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass, and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. 
a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us...